Hello and welcome to the third episode of Make Your Statement podcast. Today we have a special guest, Sam Armstrong, founder and CEO of signage consultancy, Make It Happen. Make It Happen are a unique resource to the signage industry, providing a range of training and workshops for people employed in the sign and print industries. In our episode today, we'll be exploring Sam's observations on the changes going on in the industry, our quest to become greener, as well as trends that she's seeing emerging in the industry. Welcome to the podcast, Sam. Thank you very much, and lovely to be up in Manchester with you. Well, thank you for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. So just to get us started, maybe just give us a little bit of history about yourself and how you came to found the very unique Make It Happen. So I joined the industry 22 years ago at the end of maternity leave. Um, I went to work for a friend who'd got a signage company, and he was very keen to set up a trade manufacturing unit off the back of dealing with an end user like yourself and um, I joined the company and essentially ran the trade signage side of the business for him so buying the equipment employing the staff running production a bit of hands-on of everything sure. still remember my very first customer I think we all do um, so worked there for uh, seven years and then moved company to become sales manager for a company that really heavily specialised in fabrication and illumination, which is when we met. Absolutely. However many years ago it is, I Dread forget. To think. Yeah. I forget. We try to forget. Yeah. Um, and uh, became sales director for them. Absolutely loved the role. My passion is people and supporting and helping people. Mm-hmm. And then I hit the age of uh, 42-ish <laughs> <laughs> and decided if I was ever going to do something for myself like I'd wanted to, that I needed to get a move on with it. Right. Over the uh, 15 years of being in the industry, as as probably you know, as my, a friend as well as a customer, what I love about the industry is the creativity and the people in it. And when you get on with certain people, you sort of make friendships, don't you? Absolutely. But people need support. And we were getting asked, myself and Katie and the team were getting asked the same questions day in, day out. And you will have heard it loads of time, Rich, when people say to you, I want a standard size sign. Yeah, and that would be an one. end user asking yourselves. Whereas what was happening with us is we would be having people in the trade, because we're always trade manufacturers, saying to us, I want a standard size sign trade. So the same information was getting relayed through. So I thought, well, again, my passion is helping and supporting people. So therefore, start doing some sort of workshops or training in the industry. So woke up one morning over Christmas, just had a record year the previous year in my employment. And I woke up and I thought, right, got to go for it. And so started Make It Happen. Um, the company is called Make It Happen because three people in one day, and I think one of them was actually including yourself, said, whatever you do, Sam, you'll make it happen. So, yes, it's the cheesiest name in history, but it actually really works for us because people say all the time, oh, Sam, da 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 oh, can you make it happen? Oh, I just said it. So that would happen all the time. So I actually love our name. It is really cheesy. Love a kitchen disco. So, yeah, it's got cheese all over it. But, yes, that's Make It Happen. So we're now in our seventh year and where's that time gone absolutely and over that time the growth that you've seen within your own business most recently adding a fourth member of the team yes a fourth member uh, andy has just joined us so yes we have been an all-female team until this point 
I, I do recall saying to you seven years ago, I never want to employ staff, but Katie has worked with me previously and became a director a couple of years ago. Zoe's been um, back with us since February of this year, and now Andy joins the team. And Andy adds, adds a little bit of diversity because he's actually worked in production. He has actually gone to site, he actually has done install. Whereas I think if myself or the ladies actually went up a ladder, we'd probably all shake and crumble into a heap. <laughs> so having his diversity of actually answering questions because install is not one of our um, specialisms we, we're very good in fabrication illumination and as people call us people refer to us as the fourth emergency service i know who might have the answers because yeah. if i don't have the answers because i'm now um what, what are my classes now i'm now past president it sounds like I'm really old when they say past president because I'm past president of the ISA. I do have um, 15 other directors of board behind me. So if I don't have the answer to something, then it's quite often I can reach out to other people around me and say, hey, who could help? And for the benefit of the listeners, ISA being the International Sign Association. The International Sign Association. Yes, we're not an ISA, which is why we (laughs) changed the badges on everything because people were saying, oh, what's an ISA? And that was formerly known as the British British Signs and and Graphics Graphics Association. Association, yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, how I, why I, we've digressed a bit here, but it is really important because standards and education is what the International Sign Association, I think, um, tries to represent um, its members. So it was really important to me seven years when I started my own business to make sure I was part of that association because I, if I'm one of these people that's standing there saying I want to raise standards, I want to raise education, mm-hmm. it was really important for me to become a part of that. But also with starting your own business, I didn't want people to think oh, I'd been a director of one company and then just disappeared off the face of the earth. Of so I joined the um, I, ISA, International Sign Association, and then a few years later, they were looking for volunteers to become uh, vice president, followed by president, which right. I grabbed the bull by the horns and went, let's go for it. So, yes, I did two years of vice president, two years of president, presidency, and now I'm old president. Let's call it that one. <laughs> old president. <laughs> old president. <laughs> not at all, not at all. And how did getting involved with formerly the BS... BS... <laughs> Uh, how did getting involved with the former BSGA that then became the International Sign Association? I'm assuming linked to the uh, American Indeed. International Sign yeah. Association. Yeah, very much so. Getting involved in that, what type of things were the association seeking to do? What were the objectives of the association? Obviously, most of us as reputable uh, sign-making businesses are fully paid-up members of the ISA. Yeah. But what is the ISA all about? What do, what does it look to achieve? I uh, the biggest thing, and and Linda Edwards, who is one of our um, board of directors, very very passionate as it as are all the directors. I'm not just saying just Linda here. But Linda hit the nail on the head by saying it's creating a community, somewhere you can go and ask questions. And sometimes they can be the most smallest of things like, you know, what screw would I use to stick to put a sign on a fence up to how do I, um, I can't think of the word, pause, break, second. (laughs) 
Oh, I'm trying to think of it. How does he protect or reverse here? So a customer called, they wanted to know how to protect their visual communication. And by that, what I mean is they had created a PDF to get a sign off from the customer. Mm -hmm. The customer had then taken their, their visual and then given it to another sign company. Yeah. And so one of the calls was about how does he protect himself on that? And and you basically, you'll get a vast amount of questions that come into the ISA, a bit like thermostress when that was happening in this heat, so that'll happen again this week. Mm-hmm. So it's trying to create a community that you can go to to actually support your members, but also to say you've been vetted, that we actually like to speak to our members are and make sure they're following regulations. I mean, things are changing all the time, and actually keeping on top of that is really difficult. So we act as an aid for that, essentially. And I do like the word community. Yeah, I think for us as being part of the uh, multinational Fast Signs International, uh, we are very much grilled and trained in terms of standards. But as an industry, there's really been not much by way of benchmark or requirement to open doors and call yourself an experienced sign maker. The, The bar for some people has been really quite low. Yeah. I mean, especially when you see things on LinkedIn where people are still on top of vans with ladders and you're having to go through all the um, the, the crossing dots of the I's and the crossing of the T's to make sure that you're doing things correctly. Mm. And then all of a sudden somebody's bought cheaper. Well, this is why you've just bought cheaper because they're not following the regulations. And if you think about what we do, Richard... Some of the signs that we're creating could kill people and they have, unfortunately. So we need to make sure that we're trying to use the right materials. Your staff are invested in to make sure that they actually know how to fit the signs. But I mean, we keep on being asked to make it happen and it's something we're looking into. We're asked all the time about, is there somewhere where you can actually go and send your staff to be fully trained? But there are just so many permutations, isn't there? Because yeah. every wall you're going down to is going to be potentially different. All the the materials that you are doing using a difference. Absolutely. It, it's again, it's things like you know, um, council asking us for candelas per square meter. I think you only asked me last week or the week before. Mm. We can't measure candelas until a sign is in situ because somebody might use a different acrylic than somebody else. Right. So what we need to do in that sort of circumstance, and they've done it very well in America, so we need to adopt it over here, is they're actually doing workshops with the council to say to them, okay, we can't use candelas per square meter, so we need to use lumens. Yeah, and like, here's the reason why. That's right. And as I said to you, a supplier dimmer, a dimmer costs, what, £30, £40 or something like that. It's a minimalistic figure that means you can control it. Yes. But I think it needs that closer collaboration. And also when people always refer to it as planning permission, it's advertisement consents. We just need to make sure, we're, again, we're using the right language. Yes, absolutely. So it's an education thing, basically. I mean, that's that for me is what the International Sign Association is about, is being able to go and speak to people and have that back up. But to actually, probably like yourself with your brand as well, is actually wearing that badge with pride. Absolutely. That you are part of that association and it means standards. Absolutely, absolutely. And as the business has expanded throughout the UK and take up rate within the industry to jump on board with your workshops and training courses, that's actually pushed now beyond the confines of the UK, I believe. Yeah, yeah, very exciting. I think probably um, yourself and Nick were probably a bit of an influence on that because when we had um, 
the, the workshop in the UK, we've seen just over three and a half thousand people, of right. which 18 months was not seeing anybody because of COVID restrictions. Of and rightly or wrongly, you know, people said to me, oh, you should go online, but you've attended my workshops, Rich. How do you do a nine to four program that's supposed to be hands on? It's supposed to be in a factory. I didn't want to, to break it up and take elements away. Yeah. And to go online, because I know how bad I am online. The next minute, you know, I'm putting the washing machine or I'm stroking the dog. I get sidetracked, like those biscuits just there. <laughs> I haven't Please eaten do yet. Help yourself. <laughs> I can't eat a biscuit. So um, the the workshop, we actually had people, um, somebody attended from himself, Theo, and his daughter attended from Nigeria. And then we had a gentleman come in from Belgium. Uh, we've had some, we've had Cardiff, Manchester, Leeds, Leicester, all over the UK. But we started getting people from overseas. So, um, gosh, yes, just coming up to a year ago, we I called out to Laurie Anderson um, from the International Sign Association. Um, and said to her, look, you know, our workshop's going from strength to strength. Do you think there's anything in Make It Happen coming to America? Obviously, I've got Eddie Murphy and my head with a crown <laughs> picture going on in my head at that stage. And um, and once they got their heads around what I actually do for a living with in terms of the workshops and our offerings, they said they were delighted the next minute we booked our flights and we sold out um, the three days which was amazing. I blubbed on day two because I was just so over the moon of how it went. Um, so it worked really well. I mean, it was very difficult, the metrics to Imperial all the other way around because I always get it wrong. And aluminum to aluminum. Oh, yes. But I think they loved that. I think the whole, <laughs> loved the whole aluminum. <laughs> Allium. Oh, I mean, no, that was quite funny. Yeah. And, and also, that you must see it when you go over to America. When I'm saying fixings... So uh, fixings going on the back of letters, they're looking at me like I've got two heads because their fixings is what you put on your Sunday dinner. Yeah. Like your gravy and your... <laughs> and I'm like, I was saying to Mike and Wendy... I'm talking about lumps of metal here. Yes, exactly. I'm saying this is fixed to that. And they're going, you put fixings? <laughs> yes, yes, I do, but not gravy. So there was like odd little tweaks that were sort of quite amusing. Yeah. That the hardest challenge, yes, metrics to Imperial, but also jet lag. Wow, that was hard work. Vegas, you're nervous because normally our workshops, as you know, we run for eight people. Yeah. And the reason I like doing that is because I can keep eye contact. And if I can see somebody drifting off, I can call them back in because yeah. I can see exactly what's going on. We chose, again, because you've got to make sure it's a success, we chose to um, run uh, the workshops with 30 people per session. We sold out. We had a few extra walk-in out of don't know where. <laughs> and then we had people that came back, even though they just attended the, the, the boot camp. They came back the next day, even though it was a, an element of it. I said, look, you do realise. They said, yeah, but we loved it. So we're coming, going to come back, which was lovely. So, um, But the jet lag, definitely, definitely difficult yeah, part of, of it. It was, yeah, because we flew out on the Saturday and Tuesday, full-on day, then out for dinner that, that evening, back into workshops the next day, back into workshops the next day. By the time I came home, I was just like, Shattered. do you like Absolutely Fabulous? Because I do. And it was me, Patsy, falling out of a chair onto the floor. That was me when I came off the airport. What a surprising. <laughs> Pretty grueling schedule. It was, it yeah. was. But I mean, you know, it's fantastic. And we're, we're going back to Orlando in 15 days. Fantastic. To run our next workshops for uh, just one day for... Um, 
with Mike and Wendy for now what we're calling the Signage Academy. Okay. So we have like a separate website saying events are coming up and then we'll be going back to Orlando in April of next year to run four days. But slightly, slightly better with the time differences. Yes, it? absolutely. The five hours. Slightly better. better. Seven, eight, yeah, ten. yeah. Absolutely. So, so fingers crossed. So for average Joe in the street, opening up his new business, obviously it's a big leap of faith to choose a sign company that's going to come up with the visuals and as we say help them make their statement you know our taglines make your statement yeah. that's what we help businesses do uh you could go through google and come up with umpteen sign companies in any one city or town yeah how does somebody actually go about making sure that they are choosing a reputable organization is there a way to do it how do you know that great website but actually there's not much that sits behind the website yeah i th- i think a, a, a sign and, and i could get, shoot got my, get myself shot here i i would look to the international sign association website so uksigns.org and i'd also go on the fespa website because they're the two trade associations now anybody that's really serious about signage and this is where i could about to get shot but anybody who's serious about signage that would be a really good start because if somebody's investing in part of being part of an association, they mean business. Yeah. That's my opinion, Richard. As yeah. I said, there could be lots of guns coming my way. But also, I mean, I'm again not sure about you, but I tend to look at uh, Google reviews and a trust pilot as well I sure. be, because there are as you know as well as i do there are some cowboys out there that will cut corners yep. and i think what i love about uh, us as make it happen as is, uh, and for you as a company is that standards really do matter and also when things go wrong because we're in a very bespoke industry i mean how many times in a week do your team here i'd like a standard size sign for my yeah, standard that's all, size window that's all anybody wants it's, to hear them exactly. talk exactly so it, it's it's a real education to a customer and i think what we've got to remember is our clients we've got to remember the whole empathy thing they have absolutely no idea about signage. I'm a firm believer that nobody looks at signs until they are in signs. And people don't understand the value, of, and that's where the word I use all the time has to come in. Somebody's signage, their exterior signage, they, they say is about 83% of somebody's marketing. Right. So when you're actually investing in your signage, as in an end user is investing in their signage, I think they need to be reminded, not necessarily the 83% because it's quite exact, something that I read quite a number of years ago, but the fact that it should come out of their marketing budget because I don't think people think signs marketing do you know what I mean? Yeah, it sounds really, it sounds really odd. They they yeah. do, and it's always the thing that's left till last, and it infuriates me because whenever I see a shop that's empty or somebody in there, I'm thinking you should have coming soon. You should be marketing it the minute you're starting to work on a building, yeah. and I think that's an opportunity. And again, what would make me think, oh, that's a company I want to work with? Say, for example, Byron. Um, went, I'm picking on your new member of staff there. If he suddenly saw a shop window with no, nothing in it, would he go and put a card in? Yeah. 
so it's things like that that you're actually looking ahead and going right actually i'd like to work with you you're bringing your shop let me bring your brand to life yes i mean that's the important thing it's so personal a bit like marketing somebody's brand is so personal to them it's making sure your role my role is to make it look the best it can for their budget available so when they say to us all the time i don't have a budget you do have a budget everybody has a budget when you walk into somewhere to say for you or i were going to go on holiday we will have a budget we will have an idea of how much we want to spend and where we want to go i always think that and if i go into a kitchen if i drag the husband in to buy a kitchen well you're walking in there because you want to buy something or you're driving your other half nuts aren't you so you will ha- you will have an idea of how much you want to spend, but the, the, it's the whole thing of sales, isn't it? Yeah. People think you're going to say five hundred pounds. I'll tell you what, Richard, it'll be four hundred ninety nine pounds and ninety nine yeah. pence. And to be fair, as part of our training for all of our sales employees, and this goes right across our Fast Signs network, that actually asking the budget question is very much part of their training and you ask it and you do initially see almost this recoil of well i'm not going to tell you that yeah they don't want to say those words but i've always then said well rather than just ask the question you need to qualify it as to why we're asking that question because we could put a sign that's going to do a job for a few hundred pounds that same sign specced a different way, you could be into multiple thousands of pounds and literally anywhere in between. But to what extent does what we do reflect your aspirations for your brand and get the right message to your customer? I think a high-end luxury brand that doesn't look high-end from the high street, you've just got that immediate disconnect. Equally, if something looks too high-end and you're targeting a budget end of the market, would equally put people off walking through the door because, oh, that looks too expensive. Yeah. So we've got to try and line up Yeah, you're, you're finding are. that balance. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that when, when your sales team, and this is what we do so on the front line, which is our sales-based workshop, is... Is giving um, our our staff the tools to do their job, and actually asking for a budget and getting knocked back does give a lot of people a knockback. Most people aren't taught sales mm-hmm. elements; they're just nice people. Yeah, yeah, and I find that all the time. So actually asking slightly softer questions, for example, without giving too much away, is is I would normally say along the lines of. When is this signage needed for, as mm-hmm. one of my key questions, so you can sense a case of urgency yeah. and what materials might be available. And then how long do you need it to last for? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people miss that second question. Yeah. Because if they just want something that's going to last for a day, well, they might want to spend thousands and thousands. So it's really important to be asking those questions before you go into the budget. Yeah. Because then you're starting to create that relationship. Yeah, I suppose if it's a, a pop-up shop or it's a exactly. promotional yeah. something or yeah. other, they don't want to be making an investment in something that's going to be lasting 10 yeah. years, 20 years. Yeah. The key thing is about being the difference, using a language or a, a a different approach to i mean you know as well as i do there are loads of sign companies out there Absolutely. so why am i buying from you as opposed to your competition my favorite recently that's just gone into our 
our American workshop, and I will share it with you because maybe we can actually add it into here, is this little picture of the sea with a yacht in it, and then you click it, and it's uh, the sea with an iron on it. You have to look at it to appreciate it, but it is what's your budget, you know, at this right. sort of, you know, let's get the right end of it. I must show it to you because, yeah. It, Might it, be able to edit it into Yes, the, you uh, should do, B, because it really does make me smile. Yeah, because it's somebody who might have. And, and again, it's a frustration for you because I think all of us, again, have to make sure that we're valuing our own time as well as our customers' time. Mm-hmm. Because before you know it, Byron could be out there spending hours and hours and hours on a customer and he might not be the person that's actually got the purse strings. He might not be the decision maker. So yep. he needs to make sure he's getting to the decision maker. And that's some, sometimes easier said than done. Absolutely. Thank you for that. So looking at your time in the industry, I can remember, I dread to think how many years ago it was. Don't now. make it too many years. But, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do remember it, we were talking about trends at the time and new technologies like LED light sheet that were coming in to replace LED modules that in turn had replaced fluorescent lighting in in signage. And I can remember a catchphrase that you came out with all those years ago saying, Deep Deep is cheaper. cheaper. uh, Deep is cheap, but thin is in. Deeper is cheaper, but thin is in. So as we were going towards lower profile uh, signage that's not sort of sticking out and thumping great big uh, light boxes on walls, That was a classic example for me of seeing things change over time and trends moving towards that thinner, lower profile. Yeah. Are there any similar gems you can share with us in terms of things that you're seeing coming through that are really starting to take hold and become... Yeah. Uh, more middle ground as opposed to super premium. I mean, you'll be seeing all the time neon flex right now on foliage walls is really hot. Right. It's everywhere. Whether it's a living wall or whether it's these panels that are 600 with greenery, with messages in scripty font. I mean, it's probably the most fashionable thing out there. And again, it's got a lifespan to it. The key thing on that one, and again, it's a bit of an education piece, is just a lot of people are using that sort of signage because they actually want to take pictures of it. Yes. So one of the main things, again, it's an education thing is they're always supplied with a dimmer. If they aren't, you need to make sure you get one and you need to turn them down to about 50% to make sure you can get a picture. And for people who are listening to this, if you think back to the heydays of neon, ultra bright, but a very, very unique style of sign. Why has neon fallen out of uh, favour and faux neon coming in behind it? Cheaper. (laughs) <laughs> but not ju- to be fair not just that we think about the environmental uh, yeah, issues yeah. think about fire issues yeah. people don't necessarily when they think neon they're thinking about a certain look uh, but actually neon's kind of fraught with a lot of obstacles that would make you want to steer away from oh, it I think if you spoke to a neon supplier they'd probably disagree with you Richard because most of them have got casing these days transportation can be an issue most right. of the time you've got a fire switch with it I mean, it is a work of art. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but I've seen them blowing the neon. It is amazing. And there is a number, not many, unfortunately, but there are a number of really good neon supplies. Well, it's a UK. real craft, isn't it? It is an absolute craft. But, um, you but know, it's not a product that's no, for everybody today. Neon Flex and neon are chalk and cheese. And I I, I know that I, one lady in particular who's super, super passionate about it. And she hates the fact that it's called neon flex. 
I'm not going to mention names. She, if she listens, she'll know it's her. <laughs> but she doesn't because it's almost, I don't want to say it's devaluing what they do. They're just two very completely different products. And that's why she doesn't like the word neon in it. But, you know, because there's that, no neon in there is no in neon. neon. At, yeah. at the end of the day, there are chalk and cheese and one. And I think if a customer really wants the premium, they need to be going for neon. Nothing can replicate neon. But when you've got somebody's bar, restaurant, which is where they're very popular, the yeah. neon flex with the foliage walls, they're wanting it for imagery. They're yes. wanting it for their marketing. Yeah. So therefore... It, it's not necessarily going to be a short term, mm -hmm. but they want it up fairly quickly. Neon Flex, you can normally turn around within a couple of weeks. Neon might be slightly longer than that because, again, it's an absolute craft as opposed to just, but I don't want to belittle somebody doing Neon Flex, no. but I've watched it and they are chalk and cheese, which is why you've got two very different price ranges. But with Neon Flex or faux Neon, as some people refer to it, you've got a product that is more controllable in yeah. terms of dimming, brightening, yeah. potentially even colour changing. Yes, yeah. Um, well, as opposed to a neon, once it's there, yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. But it's been hugely, hugely popular for many, many years. Yeah. And if you wanted that look, yeah. you'd really got no alternative. No. I mean, that that is probably one of the most popular products right now. And also, uh, again, it almost, it almost makes me laugh, really, people wanting Core 10. So wanting rusty right. signs. So think Angel of the North yes, when you think Core think Angel, yeah. Yes, exactly that. And that that this moment in time is also really popular. And again, complementing that with a warm LED as opposed to a cold LED and actually enhancing the material. I mean, if somebody had said to me, Richard, 20 years ago, I want a rusty sign, I'd have laughed at them. Uh, dispel the myth for me. Is it true people pee on Core 10 they to change don't, its colour? They don't pee on it, but pee does accelerate it. And as I said... Accelerates say, what exactly, it, it accelerates the corrosion, basically. So darkens the colour yes. down. Yeah, and, yeah. Right, okay. yeah. It accelerates it. It rusts much quicker. I mean, So I, it is a thing. It does work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I'm just saying I I didn't take one for the team. I didn't wee on some Core 10 <laughs> to check it. I didn't squat anywhere. But they saw somewhere... I didn't it, know if it was it, just a No, 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 not at all. No, no, not at all. I mean, accepted it, into folklore. You, you can use, um, like, a salty water or you can use... We, which I've not tried, I've not tried personally, yeah. um, or uh, a bleach. And bleach. Uh, the, yeah, just a few weeks ago, I was in a manufacturing unit and we had a lovely leaf shape. It went out silver and literally three days later, because of so much rain, thank you, UK, because of so much rain, it literally rusted within three days. Wow. But the diff the difference is, um, it's like weather still, it doesn't disintegrate into nothing. And I think that's sometimes people's fear. So when you say rust, we aren't talking about corroding and yeah. starting to disintegrate. It just goes orange and then over 40 years it would essentially go black. Wow. Some people do like it to go to an orange then for it to stay at that orange. But but for me, if you've got a product like that, let it do its thing. That's the beauty. It's a Natural. bit like if you're using copper in copper in some environments, which would go to the nice verdigree, but not in all environments. So again, to actually put a lacquer on top of it almost like defeats the object of buying that product. And does that hit the pause button for a period at least by yeah. lacquering the core Yeah, 10? it has done. Yeah, it has done. And again, you've got to be really careful when you're using core 10 because if it's a stencil cut and then runs down to an opal panel, rust will run down your acrylic. So you right. have to be really careful of that. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So if it rains, 
which it does in the UK, you might have to create a lip above any area that's stencil cut. If you had an aperture cut out of it, you'd have to create a lip so the water doesn't run down that aperture. Wow, thank you for the insight. Much, much. You just stayed awake when I was telling you that because it's a bit of a boring fact. Not at all, not <laughs> at all. So, just one final topic I'm going to just cover really quite briefly, uh, which is that of sustainability, because as an industry, yeah. it's kind of a one, it's a hot potato right now, but it's quite a difficult one to address as an industry. Yeah. Because we've typically use products that are not sustainable, that are not very green. And I know that one of your workshops for people listening, anybody involved in the industry that wants to learn in depth more about sustainability, totally recommend the sustainability workshop. Thank you. But what do you see as being the, the easy wins, the things that we can start doing sooner rather than later, or continue to do but accelerate, that will perhaps make a a bigger impact in a shorter period of time? There's a few things. I think, first of all, is just educating staff within your own premises about different languages to use if they're selling it. So there's two things. If we deal with that, we're actually, as an industry, selling uh, sustainable products day in, day out. Absolutely. Stainless steel and aluminium. So all you need to be doing is just changing your terminology. So when you're selling an aluminium sign tray to somebody, yeah. Aaron just needs to be saying, oh, by the way, I'm using aluminium, which is 100% recyclable. Absolutely. So whereas before you just said aluminium sign tray, he just needs to twist it. You know, I was saying earlier about being the difference and using slightly different. So that's an easy win. Absolutely. Okay. So you've got aluminium, stainless steel, wooden signage. There, Some of it is absolutely stunning. And again, that falls very easily within that criteria. So the other day you were asking me about a lectern on post yes. yeah, angle. That would have been perfect in that environment because you could have had wooden posts and then an aluminium face to it. Your one is going all aluminium. Sure. So again, totally sustainable, but it's just making sure you use that language. Internally, your team just need to be educated on in terms of sometimes just their own recycling. Yes. So speaking to your local council, making sure that your recycling within your own business is taken care of. So that's a fact, because I know a lot of people that I speak to, they don't actually have that in place. And your ability to recycle in location exactly. A in the country. Yeah. Is very different to your ability to recycle in yes. location yeah. B in the country. There is no common ground yeah. nationally within the UK yeah. of what gets recycled and what doesn't. No, I mean, there's a couple of really good recycling streams like uh, MetaStream, really good in terms of MetaMark. Mm -hmm. that for are, vinyl. For yeah. the vinyl side of things. I think what needs to happen is these, the prices of sustainable signage needs to come down. And I think it is, to be fair. Because there's such a demand for it, people yeah. sort of jumping on it. But I think if you don't start thinking or using the word sustainable, I mean, it's everywhere now on LinkedIn, isn't Absolutely. it, as an example. If you're behind, you are going to get left behind. And there's all sorts of things you can do with you in your own business. And again, reach out to your trade associations about what, what they can offer. Definitely come on onto our workshop. As you said, our, our workshop in the morning is all about products and what you can use. Mm -hmm. In the afternoon, it's all about actually elevating your business to be more sustainable and how you can market that. So we try and cover both ends of it. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Sam. I really, really appreciate you. your input. Thank you I think much. that Make It Happen clearly is going to keep going from strength to strength to strength. Let's hope so. I know there's uh, a few things that you've not been able to share in terms of uh, future expansion. 
Uh, but I certainly wish you all the very, very best for the future. And I hope that you continue to be not such a, not just such a great friend to us here in Manchester, as well as the Fast Signs group as a whole, but uh, the great uptake of more professional, um, ongoing training for the, what is this vibrant industry that we're all lucky to be part of. Yeah, I love it. And thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Take care now. If you've enjoyed today's episode and want to learn more, be sure to subscribe to Make Your Statement on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform, or subscribe to our YouTube channel, where you can not only listen to our amazing episodes, but you can watch our guests in action right here in our Manchester headquarters.